I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome to 4 and One More, a Simpsons podcast. I am your host, Emma Apps, and with me, as always, is my co-host. Hey, this is Bob Shoy. Happy to be talking about The Simpsons. <laughs> um, and this week we are going to be talking about our 4 and One More favourite Treehouse of Horror segment. Mm. This is one that I've been looking forward to. We did set, we did set a couple of rules. We did set a few rules. Um, I'll let you explain those. Uh, well, I've got to remember them. I know that we <laughs> couldn't pick... I thought there was two rules, and I, maybe there was only one. Uh, we couldn't pick two segments from the same episode. Yeah. Is that the only rule? Yeah, so as far as I was aware, okay. the only rule was that you couldn't pick two segments in the right. same um, episode. So, for instance, you couldn't pick the gremlin on the bus with um, the Dracula, Burns Dracula episode mm-hmm. with the uh, vampires. So you couldn't no. pick. So you could pick one or the other on your list, but you couldn't have both of them as different options. Yeah, you can only have one. Otherwise, mine would just be all Treehouse of Horror 4. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> we all have our favourites, and it's like, these are the three I like. So so Bob and I were talking just before we started hitting record, and we both said that if that rule wasn't in place, our lists would look really different to how they are. But because, really different, yeah. But because we have them in place, it's kind of like thrown a bit of a spanner in the works, and they are um, a bit different to how they would look if we didn't have that rule in place. So it'd be interesting, definitely. And maybe we'll talk about what the differences would have been at the end as well. Yeah. So I'm actually pretty surprised, actually, with my options. So I was going through like all the different treehouse segments and I was looking at lists online and things like that. And the ones that I've picked, mm. I've actually quite surprised myself. So I reckon... Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I reckon um, I reckon it will be quite a quite an interesting one i think i'll surprise you with some of the choices that i've picked definitely so i i think i can guess two of your choices yeah i mean i know that i've i can guess your number one 
Yeah. Because you've previously said what your favourite segment is. But I'll spoil, I won't spoil it in case listeners haven't heard that episode. And I don't know if you remember, Bob, but way, way, way back in the day when um, you guys were talking a lot on Twitter about The Simpsons before you and I sort of discussed ever doing the pod, me and you mm-hmm. had a discussion about, I think I tweeted like, oh my God, this Simpsons treehouse is my absolute favourite. And then me and you had a bit of a, mm. a conversation with it. So even before we started discussing the I pod. I vaguely remember that, yeah. Yeah, before we started even discussing about doing the pod, Bob and I had had, had a discussion. So we kind of already knew what each other liked. And I know for a fact that what we discussed isn't on my list. So I think Alice will be quite different, actually. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's a side episode. So this will probably be a little bit shorter than the regular, but we'll see. We do have a tendency to get chatting sometimes when it comes to the Simpsons. <laughs> going off in a tangent. Yeah. And I've actually, what I've got here is, because uh, I'm going to try and make my list as different as I can to yours. I know you're going first on this one. So yep. I've actually got kind of a couple of choices from each episode okay that i might if you if you switch swipe one of mine, i might switch one of mine last second but we'll see we might we might still have crossover because some of them i love too much to yeah to, to cross give them up. off completely so yeah. so before i get started um i just wanted to make a point of saying that i absolutely love halloween like anything to do with halloween mm. i'm like the halloween queen in my family and um i always go really really big like unless it's obviously during the week i do a party or i um dress up even if i'm just sitting at home i'll, I'll just put something on so i absolutely love halloween um but now having small children it's even better because i get to be creative with dressing them up and stuff so ever since i was really little like the tree houses have always been a bit of a favorite of mine so i've been excited to do this segment for a long long time <laughs> Since the They're day great one. tradition. Yeah, massively. I love that you get one every season. You you guaranteed your treehouse. And uh, they're pretty consistently good fun. Even like the later seasons, like in sort of like season 10 and season 11, I still really enjoy the treehouses. Yeah, yeah. So... so actually, me and Beef were talking about it last night. We recorded with Taz. I don't think it's on the episode, but we were talking about it. And he was like, talking about how much he loved certain ones. And I was like, yeah, that one's like not till season 12 or something. Yeah. And he was like, wow, I didn't realise it was so late. They stay good for so long. Yeah, and, I agree. Yeah. Massively. Um, okay, so I'll just jump straight in. So um, my number four choice... By the way, sorry, before no, we do start, I, I realise I never actually weighed in on my, my Halloween thoughts. Oh, go on then, yeah. Uh, um, I like the idea of Halloween, but I never do anything for it. Oh, okay. I, um, I always watch loads of horror movies around Halloween. I watch a fair few anyway. But yeah. Like around, if it's Halloween week, I'm like, oh, it's horror movie week. I watch a horror movie every night. And uh, that's pretty much all I do. No one comes to my house trick-or-treating because I live in a flat about, <laughs> around a bunch of like old people. Like, no one here has kids, basically. I don't think. I never see children around this area. <laughs> Um, it's too expensive to rent around here to um, for people to afford to have children as well as, as rent one of these ridiculous flats. Yeah. Um, but when I was a kid, I used to go trick-or-treating. Well, to be honest Obviously. with you, I never go trick-or-treating around my house. Um, mm. I always take William to my mum's house because she, she lives in like a cul-de-sac and all her neighbours yeah. go really mad for Halloween, like put so many decorations out. So I just take William to my mum's house and we go trick-or-treating around her house, like her little area. But last year was the first year that he fully understood it. And obviously we went, we was in lockdown, so we couldn't do it. Mm. But um, previously, like I've taken him, but it's just like more my love for Halloween rather than him enjoying it. Yeah. He was too little, but yeah. 
So hopefully this October you'll be able to do it oh, properly. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to dress William and Arthur as like a as like a little uh, sort of two characters the same or like be really creative mm. with it. It'll be fun. <laughs> the one cool costume I remember doing when I was a kid, because I can't really remember much of my costume. I don't think I really did any cool ones that often, but only one year I did a good one. And um, I was this like, I was a witch because I thought it might be fun to wear a dress. That'd be cool. Um, I love that. So I was a witch and I made my cousin, who is younger than me anyway, but he's much shorter than me, especially then. Um, so I made him dress up as my black cat. Oh, I love that. And it was really fun. He was like, he was only like up to my belly button in height. <laughs> um so yeah i was this like because i I would say i'd like a growth spurt so i was suddenly really tall and he was like quite short for his age as well so the height difference was crazy i love that so yeah i was this um this tall <laughs> witch of this like homemade broomstick and all this stuff <laughs> and i had my black cat cousin and we went out trick-or-treating it was really fun i love I that, that i love that so much i don't remember ever doing like a really cool costume for halloween i just remember doing the whole like witch or mm. devil like you know like everyone had the same sort of costumes yeah yeah but yeah. i just i do remember having so much fun with it i i lived in like a really really long street and all the kids in the street used to go like from the top to the bottom and like just everyone just used to get involved and it was just so much fun so i feel that's probably why i'm such a halloween nerd now because i've got like the fond memories of it makes me wish it was halloween now yeah we um I I I'd moved around a lot as a kid um but I remember I lived in basically all around the same area though like a lot of villages in like Hearts Beds and Bucks area the home counties and um we used to like when I lived in like a village it was always really cool for trick or treating because you did have all the little cul de sacs and things like that and there was a bit of community because a lot of people from your school would also live in the village you know yeah so you'd meet up with loads of friends and do trick or treating and that was fun and then when you get a bit older. You, turn into a teenage shed and you walk around with eggs and stuff and the local shops stop selling eggs to <laughs> kids of a certain age and things like that and, yeah. i love it so yeah so anyway yeah let's actually Happy get into memories that's a bit yeah. of our halloween digression yeah. <laughs> so um i'll go first my first choice so my number four is this is actually a bit of a a bit of a random one that I don't think that you would predict but one of my favorite segments is hungry are the damned from treehouse mm. of horror 1 like the original which is in season 2 yes we talked when we talked about season 2 you said this was your favorite of that segment yeah. of that episode and we said about how strong that first treehouse is like right out of the gate it's like a, it's a barnstormer. Well, this is the thing is what I was just about to say. So um, the other two segments, and I know we'll discuss it later, are actually on, would potentially be on my list if I hadn't chosen this one. So I feel like mm -hmm. all three of those segments are so strong and I love yeah. all three of them. And it was really difficult because yeah, I, I was so close to picking the raven um, but then when I, cause I watched it again today, cause I still wasn't hundred percent sure. And I thought, no, this is definitely my favorite of the three, but all three of them are so strong, so strong. It's a really, it's one of the strongest collection of three for like it's variety and coherent. They're so different to each other, but they have such cool, 
they tackle horror from such different directions. Yeah. As is the conceit of that episode where the different characters are telling the story. I couldn't agree more. Like, it's the perfect example of Halloween because there are three sort of classic Halloween stories mm. as well so like you've got the whole um so obviously edgar Allan poe's the raven which is mm. classical absolutely horror. classic and then just the old school haunted house and then alien mm. abduction type things so they're very classic in how they sort of did it but they're very very strong um yeah but yeah i love it and the thing that i love most about it is the fact that unless you can't really s- you can't really predict how the episode, how the segment's going, if that makes sense. So you think, oh yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're just abducting them to eat them, and then it's kind of a bit of a plot twist at the end. And it's still like, even though you know what's going to happen, it's still a bit like, oh, like oh, okay. But yeah, like obviously, it's a cameo from James L. Jones, which I love. I love the vo- he does a voice in all three of the segments yeah. in this one, but I love his voice as Serac the Preparer. It's it's I can't do it. It's so like guttural, like slobbering and guttural. It's such a good. This voice. is what I was just about to say. So it's weird how he does it because the aliens obviously visually are very like dribbly and like and mm. his voice the way he does it sounds really dribbly as well. And it's so clever how yeah. he does how he does it because I don't think I could. I can't. Mimic. If I was going to try and mimic it, I can't even no. start. It's no. such a unique voice <laughs> that he does for that. It's great. Dinner time. Hey, get a lot of that spread. Here you go, Earthlings. Take all you want, but eat all you take. Well, thank you very much, mister. To pronounce it correctly, I would have to pull out your tongue. Ooh. But I just love like the end of it, how basically the humans are the ones that end up being the monsters. And mm, it's like mm. so unexpected. And I think that that's why I, I picked it over the other two because it has more of an unexpected ending, which I feel is really, really clever. So yeah, I love this one. <laughs> Do you know what? I noticed today, which was kind of in the back of my head a little bit, but I've just realised it today, is you know the bit in at the beginning when he's like putting the gas on the barbecue, he's like really squeezing it and stuff. Oh yeah. That is done they done that again during lisa the vegetarian the vegetarian yeah yeah and i didn't realize it i was like i'm i wasn't i wasn't aware that was part of this episode then i i thought oh this is from lisa the vegetarian i realized it's exactly the same but they have different i always wonder if it's like a purpose yeah i think it's a purposeful callback so you're like oh it's the same joke they've already done and then they do it in a different way and you're like oh right and they're both really good exactly yeah so um i think this one is when homer's like gets like the massive fire and is like covered in all the black smoke and mm-hmm. then in Lisa yeah, the Vegetarian yeah. you're like oh yeah he's gonna do that again and then chucks <laughs> it on it's just like the tiniest little flame and you're like oh <laughs> I love that I love that <laughs> that twist on that joke is really it's good. really clever but I never sort of picked up on it until today I was like I don't remember mm. this part of this segment and then it clicked that it was like a callback well Lisa the Vegetarian is a callback to this mm. That should just about do it. Man alive, there's nothing better than a hamburger grilled to perfection. Cool, man. But yeah, like, I really love this segment. And as I said, if um, we could have chosen different... um, like different segments for the for our lists i definitely feel like one of the other two segments would have made my list as well Mm -hmm. 
Well, maybe one of them's on my list. Oh, hope so. We can talk about it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's really good. Obviously, if I if I remember, I'll try and uh, because most of these early Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors are actually most Treehouse of Horrors are like based on something. So I'll try and give a shout out. So this one is. um, Based on the classic Twilight Zone episode, To Serve Man. Oh, okay. And uh, it's, it's the same conceit where they think that man, man is basically the the villain. The monster. And it's the same sort of, it's the same joke with the book, where it's not really done as for a joke in the Twilight Zone episode, but it's, you know, they think they're going to eat them and actually they are, well, the joke is to serve man. There's two ways of reading that. You can serve them up on a platter or you can serve, be at service to them. Yeah. Uh, which is that episode? I think I can't remember if it's. I think it's Marge at the end of it says about oh like how isn't it funny how like we were the monsters and not them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what really annoys me actually about this episode? And it's like how they've all got their favorite dinners, and it's like oh fried shrimp, sloppy joes, and then Marge is like radish rosettes, and I looked it up because I thought it was this like really posh dinner. It's literally radishes cut like roses. I was like. whose favorite food is that that sounds really dull yeah but then march is sometimes very dull in her tastes is one of her character traits i can't think of anything worse than eating a radish raw um i don't mind a a slice up radish in a salad sometimes Yeah, just just like a a little bit i understand they're not they're not for everyone yeah they're peppery Fried shrimp, sloppy joes, smothered pork chops. Look, Homer, radish Ooh. rosettes. These are hard to make. They're a very advanced race. Homerlings eat, grow large with food. Anyway, yeah. So I just I made a note of that because I was like radish rosette. So I just thought it was this like fancy like meal with with radishes, but no, it's. I don't think Marge would know about fancy meals though. Like. <laughs> Her like secret uh, secret spices are like salt. <laughs> this is, you could say the secret ingredient is salt. <laughs> and when Homer like makes her the spice rack, when it's like itchy and scratchy versus Marge, and he makes her the spice yeah. rack, and she literally is like, "Where am I going to put? What am I going to fill up the gaps with?" Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, isn't there one where she sees someone else's spice rack, and it's like they've got eight spices? Some of them have to be doubles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love that. She's a very basic cook. She just makes pork chops because that's what Homer likes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number four choice. Hungry Isla Damned. Great choice. Uh, my number four is also from season one. Ooh. And it is... And this is this is interesting because we spoke about this way back in season two episode. Cool back. We talked about Treehouse of Horror and how we both loved the first Treehouse of Horror. And you said, your favourite is Hungry Isla Damned. And I said, my favourite is The Raven. Yeah. So, and I was surprised, again, my list would be different if we were allowed to from different episodes and stuff. But when I broke it down, I was like, yeah, The Raven is actually in my top four just because I love how unique it is. I love how different it is to all the other Treehouse segments that ever have been. And it was in the first ever episode. Yeah, The Raven was actually so close. It was between this Hungry Other Damned and The Raven for me. So I'm really glad that it was on your list. It's so clever. I considered having it for my one more just because it is so unique. Yeah. But it was gen- genuinely in my top four anyway. So I was like, oh, I'll just talk about it in, yeah. the, uh, in, the, main, in the main bulk. But um, I feel like it is, as a kid, I probably thought it was boring. And then the older I get, the cooler I think it is. Well, I've, 
in the last like year maybe year and a half I've really gone through like this whole like love of an appreciation for Edgar Allan Poe that I never had before and I, right. and I do think it is a um like a maturity thing um where I'm mm-hmm. just old enough to appreciate it and things like that and I don't know if you you're aware of this, but his death is actually like a unexplained mystery, which maybe you oh, guys, I didn't know yeah, that. you should definitely look into it. So, um, interesting. He he was definitely one of these geniuses that wasn't appreciated until after his death, and like mm-hmm. he wrote the Raven, and it was a somewhat you know he did he did get famous from it, but he basically died penniless, and his death is a bit weird and unexplained as well so if you know if you're ever bored just look it up it's pretty interesting so and that was uh, so I watched something about unexplained deaths of famous people and he came up and that's sort of where my love for Poe came from and then it just like one one thing led to another and it's it is really interesting I think as a younger person the the purple prose and and, and stuff puts you off a little bit because you can't decide it's too hard to like decipher what's being said yeah to before you like it's the same reason i didn't like shakespeare when i was younger and actually when i started studying shakespeare uh for my degree i was like oh this guy's really good like (laughs) i started actually (laughs) analyzing the soliloquies and stuff and being like this stuff's awesome um but if you just cursor cursory over it you're just like like, oh god oh no it's so dry Well, I'm a bit of the opposite, actually, because I actually did English language and literature, both of them, as a double A-level at school. Right. I did literature and not language, but then I didn't like Shakespeare. So I did language and literature, so I did Shakespeare from both angles. And it was a bit of a... I mean, I've always loved Shakespeare, but it's always been a bit overkill for me, where I kind of feel like if you dissect something to death you kill it literally do you know what I mean Mm. so I felt like the only reason why I sort of started going back to Poe now is just genuinely because I overdid it when I was you know Mm -hmm. a late teenager when I was doing my um A levels and stuff and then I was like I never want to look at Shakespeare or poems or anything like that (laughs) for a very long time and then obviously I never did once you leave school you don't really do it you don't really look at it do you no and now I now I have to read them. I I watch like Shakespeare adapta- adaptations, and I'm like, this is great. Yeah, I love um I love um Othello, the Othello that has uh, Lawrence Fishburne in it. I love that adaptation. Oh it's, yeah, I love um I love that story. But I don't really like Shakespeare's comedies. I don't they don't jump with the right way. I like his tragedies because I'm a miserable bugger. Because <laughs> you're an emo. Uh, yeah, at heart. Um, but the, uh, I guess you could say the same thing about, I think a lot of horror writers in their day uh, or weird fiction writers or stuff, you said like Edgar Allan Poe wasn't that appreciated in his time and he didn't make much money when he was alive. And I think that's the same for a lot of like yeah. genre writers. Like um, you can say the same thing about H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. He, he had like no money and lived in a, a little flat and lived off like bread and stuff like that. And, and now everyone's heard of Lovecraft, even if they haven't read his work, he's... People know of him, and he's incredibly famous. He's also was a terrible racist, yeah. uh, but had a, a, created a, a unique world uh, with his creativity. Uh, but yeah, never recognised in his in his life. You find a lot of like in quotation marks like geniuses. That's the case as well. Like they're not appreciated or understood until they die, almost like a hundred years mm-hmm. too early, and. 
Edgar Allan Poe, even though sometimes can be quite hard to read because of the language being so different, it is like a hundred years later, he's started to be more appreciated than he was when he was a and massive flick. I feel like the care in this Treehouse of Horror, to bring it back to The Simpsons, is so from a place of respect from the writers that it's, it's massive so good. appreciation for Poe. Yeah. yeah, you could. It would. This would be a really good thing to play in school in a a literature class because kids would be like, "Cool, The Simpsons," and you'd be like, "Yeah, we're going to talk about Edgar Allan Poe." Like, listen to the words. Listen, you can visualize the story of what's being told. It might be a bit funnier because it's Bart on a little raven, but this <laughs> is the story, the the heart of it, and I think it. There's got to be English teachers who play this in their class because it's such an easy way to get kids hooked. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm still determined to get a little raven, Bart Raven tattoo, like massively. It's a great design. I really want I it. I raven really Bart. want it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what thy lordly name is on the nice plutonian shore. Quoth the raven. Eat my shorts. Bart, stop it. He says never more. And that's all he'll ever say. Okay, okay. And um, yeah, the reading itself is so good. Um, again, I love the, the James reading Jones. of Quoth. Quoth when Quoth. Uh, I love more. when Homer is like he like Dan Castaneda is throwing his all into his like Homer performance of this as well. Like he's like shouting, screaming. It's really good. And I love the bit where he gets really angry and it, yeah. and he like I can't even. I, d- I can't even remember the line, but he's just like, duh, 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 duh. take like, this shit from off my door. That's, like, that's it. it. That's it's it. So, yeah. so good. Yeah, such a good. The the the, the combination of readings between Dan Castaneda and James L. Jones is like the combo I never knew I needed. But yeah, it's so exactly. Good. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> Quoth the Raven. Nevermore. Don't be that word outside the parting. I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night Platorian shore. No, leave no black plume as a token of the lie. Thy soul has spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from off my heart and take thy farm from off my door. Quoth the raven. Nevermore. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door, quoth the raven. Nevermore. And I'll go back to the other two segments. James L. Jones in all three segments is brilliant. Mm. Like, I think people just think of James L. Jones and think, oh yeah, Darth Vader, like, amazing. But (laughs) if you actually Mm. watch him, or I should say listen to him in these three episodes, it's an appreciation of how much of an amazing actor he really is because the three characters that he voices are just worlds apart from each other even though they're Mm, all in the mm. horror genre yeah i mean he has a unique voice that is why uh he was picked up for vader in the first place yeah but it's it's great uh what a presence and the raven ever flitting still is sitting still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door, and his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. So, yeah, fantastic. It's making me, I, a long time ago, when I, I always have ideas for different podcasts I'd like to do. And that's why I've started this, like, oh, I'll do a new side podcast every yeah. year. And for years, I've wanted to do um, a Lovecraft podcast where I just do 
it's just dramatic readings of Lovecraft stories. Yeah. But they're all public domain. You can you can just I could tell you a, a, a Lovecraft story now, and it's completely because he, I think they're, they're old enough to be public domain. But he always wanted his world to be shared. Um, so fan fiction and stuff like that, he always encouraged. And he's like, yeah, anything that anyone writes is part of the mythos if they want it to be and stuff like that. He was really forward on that bit. It's getting my juices flowing for making some Lovecraft content, maybe. <laughs> I don't have time, but yeah, they're fun. I did one. I chucked it up on the Weird Tales feed years ago, but um, I want to do more of those. Yeah, but maybe like potentially like when this comes to an end, could be something, yeah. Yeah. There's an idea. Maybe. Maybe. I've got a few ideas of things I want to do. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's my number four. The Raven yeah. from Treehouse of Horror. Amazing. One. So um, my number three choice. So I really, really, really want this to be higher up in my list than it is because I feel like it needs to be higher. But I prefer my other two choices mm-hmm. above this, which is why it's where it's placed. But I do feel like it needs to be higher. But my number three choice is The Devil and Homer Simpson from Treehouse of Horror 4. Mm. <laughs> right, I'm going to tell you now. Yours is the higher. This would have been my number one. Okay. This is my favourite. But I'm, for the, for the sake of variety and to want more, more uh, Simpsons Halloween stuff, I'm going to switch it around for something else. Okay. It's just like I'm not going to use what I know is your number one. Yeah. <laughs> even though that would be really high on my list as well. I have so, so many oh, notes. This is, let's talk about, this is my number one though, in reality. Okay. So let's talk about it. I have it. so many notes on this. So I absolutely love this segment so much. I love the idea of Flanders as the devil. <laughs> I love it. Who's that goat-legged fellow? I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> I've got some quotes for this. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Like, something that I picked up that I also think is really good that I've never noticed before is when Homer, mm. like, has the little last little bit of the donut in the fridge, when he opens it up, there's, like, notes all over it. And one of it says, Daddy's soul donut. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so cute. If I ever buy Ben a donut now, I'm going to say to him, this is Daddy's soul donut. <laughs> I love how this opens of Homer's like daydream of the donut fashion show. <laughs> it's like, oh, raspberry cream with a swirl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's how the episode starts. Yeah. And it's how the whole treehouse starts. It's the first segment, yeah. isn't it? So I was like, I've seen, this is the treehouse I've seen more than any treehouse for. It's my favourite. And I, that opening of the, donut fashion show i'm just like oh it's like a warm hug i'm like oh this episode yeah like i love it as soon as that fashion show kicks in i'm like yeah i love this episode and next in our fall catalog we love this it is a vision with raspberry cream pure genius do you know it's really funny that like before we started recording, um, I said to you, I was listening to the Weird Tales predictions episode that literally went up today. So I was on the feed yeah, last so, time. Yeah. So for listeners, we are recording this the day that that episode went up into our feed today and I listened to it earlier. Hmm. And a part of it that really made me smile Bob, you actually said exactly what you just said then, that there are certain Simpsons episodes that if you're feeling so shit, if you're so depressed or like if you're in a really bad mood, you put on a certain Simpsons episode and it's like a big warm hug. And you said exactly the same thing in that episode and you just said it again. And it It it, it literally makes me smile every time you say it because it's so true. 
It's the same reason that like adults love digging their hand into a box of Lego. It's whatever you were doing when you were like seven years old. They say this. I, I can't remember where I, I read this or, or heard this. Something like when you're seven, you're old enough to be mm. cognitive and aware and a child, but you're not old enough to work to know about like how terrible the world is and stuff yet. Yeah. So it's the ultimate happy age. You have an identity, but you're not. Um, you're not sort of aware of of the ugliness of the world or what's to come or stress yeah. or things like that. So, if you if you do something that you did when you were seven, you get a, like a natural sort of like happy hit, like an endorphin rush. And that's why, like, if I'm feeling blue, sometimes just playing with Lego makes me feel great. It's like, oh, and that's why I think I was like that age when I was watching these Simpsons episodes. Yeah. So when I watch ones from this era, it's like bathes me in comfort. Oh, I love that. I know exactly what you mean. And this episode is definitely like that for me as well. Um, I love the bit when he's in hell and obviously it's like the iconic bit where he's been like stuffed with donuts. Yeah. Uh, but something that I really love that like not many people point out is like how fat and cute Homer is. So he's like, I know. <laughs> he's got like these massive cheeks and he's just like drawn really cute. Like, the animation in this episode is just awesome. Like, it's so many nice little touches. And like, like I'm thinking about it in my head now, and I could just hear Homer going, hum, hum, hum. Yeah, hum, hum. You're just like, so you like donuts, eh? <laughs> like, I love, I love all it. all the donuts in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get a bit of Lionel Hutz, which I'm always happy to see. Has him um, combing his hair with a fork, which yeah. I, just, I love <laughs> that image. I literally wrote in my notes, any episode with Lionel Hutz is a bonus. Like He's like, yeah, he's like mean, the cherry on the cake. It's rare for him to show up in a treehouse. Like, I can't think of another treehouse where he shows up. No. Uh, do you know what? I absolutely love the jury of the damned as well. Yeah, like, so All do the I. people that are picked. Do you know who they all are and what they're famous for? Um, I can't remember them all right now. You've got like uh, I've got the li- Lizzie Borden. Yeah, I've got it You've here. Got Blackbeard. This chair be high, says I. I've literally got that <laughs> that written down as well. So the jury of the damned is Benedict Arnold, who I don't know yeah. if you know is he was a traitor during the American War of Independence. So he basically my, like my American history is not good. Yeah. So he basically went. I mean, American listeners are going to absolutely kill me, but because I'm not going to do any justice. We don't learn American history in school in the UK. Basically, he, yeah, he, um, he obviously is American, and he kind of like tr- was a traitor and went and helped the English out in the sev- in the right. Civil War, uh, not Civil War. Sorry, the Independ- War of Independence. In- War of Independence. So he yeah. like went against the Americans, even though he was American and helped the British. Um, so that's Benedict Arnold. Um, Lizzie Borden obviously was a. Uh, acquitted for murdering her family um she she 100 percent did it though yeah with an axe mm. or 40 wax with a wet noodle fart <laughs> that's what i was waiting for <laughs> um richard nixon which i think is hilarious oh yeah because he's, Self, like, he's like but i'm not dead yet and then he goes i did a favor for you and nixon's like <laughs> yeah um, then there's John Wilkes Booth who killed Abraham Lincoln. Oh yeah, yeah. Blackbeard mm-hmm. the pirate, just a pirate. <laughs> you know, Blackbeard yeah. is a pirate. Uh, John Dillon, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, John Dillinger. Oh sorry, we got to it. <laughs> John Dillinger. I forgot He's that one. He's the 1920s gangster. And yeah. then the 1976 Philadelphia Flyers. And 
I like Googled them because I didn't really know why they were part of the jury, but apparently it's just purely because they were um, a hockey team that were like accused of like bullying and stuff. They were just like tough, oh, tough right. guys, apparently. See, I always just find it funny. I just thought it was like random, just a random team or whatever. I just if when you're a kid and you watch Simpsons, if you don't get it, yeah. you just think, oh, it's just some random, random humor thing. And it makes me laugh as but well. But I think there's more to it than than that. Most of the time. It makes me laugh because the way that it's uh, Flanders says uh, and the 1976 Philadelphia flies, and I can hear it in my head going, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that, pop in. The, that delivery of, because it's like with the beat of the way he says it as well, it's like really well done. Yeah. I give you the jury of the damned Benedict Arnold, Lizzie Borden, Richard Nixon. But I'm not dead yet. In fact, I just wrote an article for Redbook. Hey, listen, I did a favor for you. Yes, master. John Wilkes Booth, Blackbeard the Pirate, John Dillinger, and the starting line of the 1976 Philadelphia Flyers. I love Ned. And like you said, like Ned as the devil is so funny, but I love the performance of Ned as the devil, like the evil Ned. It is so fun. <laughs> and then the bit where he's like, hi, Bart. And he's like, hey. <laughs> that's great I want to watch it now I love this episode I literally watched it today so um, I I didn't watch the full episodes I literally just watched the my segments that I the chose segments, just to yeah. just like double check that I definitely wanted them on my list and I literally love this so much it's such a mm. good and like I've written down the this cherubi high says I so I'm so glad you said it because it's so funny I'm sorry Mr. Blackbeard we're low on chairs and this is the last one Arr, this chair be high says I it's so like snapping yeah it's, it's such a, a tight little segment which is so perfect um, I love the heart side, which is unbreakable <laughs> like everyone's deliveries are so good in it Oh, and do you know what? Like, I love the ending where, uh, like, Homer and Marge, so, like, Marge um, and Lizzie Borden turns around and is like, so we find the defendant not guilty because the soul belongs to Marge Simpson, that kind of thing. Oh, so sweet. It's so sweet, and it's such a perfect ending. And do you know what? I honestly think that this segment is perfect. Like, there's not one thing that I'd critique about it. Not at all. When you said the ending's really sweet, I thought you meant where Homer eating his own head. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm so sweet and tasty. That bit's good as well. Homer, <laughs> uh. oh, stop picking at it. Oh, but I'm so sweet and tasty. <sighs> well, time to go to work. Dad, I wouldn't go outside if I were you. Don't worry, boys. He's got to come out of there sometime. Let that ill-gotten donut be forever on your head. Oh, it's excellent. So Brilliant good. Twist. So, yeah, this is my number one, but I'll change my number one for something else. I've got a backup for everything. Cool. I'll pick something else for number four. Cool. So, it's so your number three now. So, my number three would have been a certain episode from season six, <laughs> but I know it's going to be further up your list. So, okay. I've got my backup. It's from season... It's from Treehouse 5. Okay. And it's... Uh, Nightmare Cafeteria. This is a good one. This was really close to being on my list. Yeah, this is my favourite from five. Okay. Um, I just love... I love all the teachers just eating the kids. I love the disgusting... Um, the attention. I love them all getting fat. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all getting fat and like licking their lips and stuff. And like how Skinner just like isn't smooth at all. Like you might say, we just ate Uda and he's in our stomachs right now. <laughs> oh, relax, kids. I've got a gut feeling Uda's around here somewhere. <laughs> After all, isn't there a little Uder in all of us? <laughs> In fact, you you might even say we just ate Uder and he's in our stomachs right now. <laughs> Wait, scratch that one. Again, the deliveries are so good. I love how it's like the lunch lady Doris is like, come and get them, come and get them. And it's like, isn't it weird how Uder disappears and then suddenly they're serving Uder <laughs> <Uda> Braten? <laughs> It's really good. Is that a thing? Like, what is that? Well, Bratton is to roast. So, oh, okay, so it's um, roasted Uta. <laughs> yeah, basically, like a roast dinner. So you'd have, like, Schweinbraten, like, roast roast pig, or um, Rind, Rindbraten would be, like, roast beef and stuff like that. So, okay. Yeah. Uta Bratton. <laughs> yeah. So it just means roasted Uta. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is really... Um, like really violent as well this segment like Millhouse getting like gooified in the whisk yeah. like just you don't see it but it just the implication when they is so fall grim. into the like blender yeah so I'm thinking of it's like well that's just really like they really pushed it mm. with this with I think the whole of Treehouse 5 is like as violent as the Simpsons ever got and like all the teachers have like their faces have all kind of like warped and they've got all the like dribble like down their cheeks and yeah. stuff. It's so weird. It's legitimately gross and it sticks in my mind for that reason. Um, and then, of course, it ends with the most graphic thing, which is the inside out fog. Oh, my God. I love that. As a kid, I, I made me feel <laughs> sick. Like I had the Simpsons guide. I've actually got it on the, on the side of the table here, the Simpsons Ultimate Episode Guide. And that's the picture for that episode of like them all like dancing with the inside out. And I just have to turn that page when I was a kid because it made me feel so oh, sick. I love that. Like the thought of it. <laughs> I love I it now. Just, but I could just think in my head the song. Outro music this week. Love that. Are you actually going to put the real outro music or are you going to do I'm me guide? No, we do the real one. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll combine them together if I have time. <laughs> You're back with your family now where there's nothing to be afraid of. Except that fog that turns people inside out. Huh? What makes me laugh about them being inside out is Marge's hair. Like her hair's like... Yeah, it makes no sense at it's all. It's so weird. Uh, but the actual animation of them like bodies contorting and like flipping inside out is so gross but awesome yeah and they really like they always put all their effort into the animation on these treehouse episodes there's so many new designs and new environments and they just really pull out all the stops for these and they they always look great and this one's i definitely feel like every single treehouse even like in seasons 10 and 11 have you could just tell that there's so much more time and effort been put into them Mm. And it's so like all like well thought out and yeah, I love it. I know they're always the segments are so like perfect and and snappy because I think it's so hard to get these little these stories down to such a like a condensed form. And from what I've heard, they always 
run too long they always have to like cut them mm. down and down and down yeah so it's like perfection through like subtraction it's just like getting all the chaff out to you got these like perfectly condensed little stories um so yeah <laughs> it's so good my number three i love that nightmare cafeteria from treehouse five for its grizzliness basically i love how grizzly it is and i just love all the teachers being like evil <laughs> do you think it's based off of something this one i don't i don't know what if it's based off of something i don't know what it's based yeah, off I'm but not sure. i love i love the design of fat edna <laughs> dear attention I really love it. <laughs> yeah i love it <laughs> it's like wendell's like sitting there like trembling and the pencil falls on this on the floor and she's like dear attention it's just like her delivery of it it's just spot yeah. on so good. Mmm, this sandwich tastes so young and impudent. <laughs> See more of what's with a good grab. Mm. Well, perhaps I ought to let you folks in on a secret. You remember me telling Jimbo Jones that I'd make something of him one day? <gasps> Are you saying you killed Jimbo, processed his carcass, and served him for lunch? <laughs> so, yeah, that's my number three. So Yay. let's go on to your number two. So this one um i don't know might be a bit of a oh i think i know what it's gonna be well you know what right there's three that i thought you would pick yeah and there's only two spaces left so i'm wrong about one of them yeah i mean this one might be a bit of a wild card like i i don't know if you could predict this one i might have mentioned it before but my number two is time and punishment from treehouse five the toaster one that was not that was not my guess. So I've I've completely got your list wrong. I do like this segment. I love though. this. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to know what you have predicted. So you know my number one. So what what did you think that I'd had? I didn't know if the shinning would be in your top four because we've mentioned it before. I know you like that segment. Yeah. Yeah, I love that segment. That was that was that would have been on my list if we could have picked like right. other ones of the same segment it would definitely have been oh on yeah because i'm just looking now this is treehouse five is the shinning time punishment and nightmare cafeteria so yeah yeah the, the shinning would have probably been quite high for me as well so it's like yeah it just missed the list for both of us yeah so i've got a little list that i've written underneath all my notes with like what would have been on there and the shinning would have been mm -hmm. on there definitely but yeah, um yeah. this one i think because this is more original and more creative it's not like a parody um, mm -hmm. I just this one's got so many good lines in it as well <laughs> this one like I watched it today as I said and I just laughed at so many like little lines and little things and and like I said like earlier I was listening to the parad uh, the, the predictions from Weird Tales and um, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know if it's just because that was fresh in my memory because I listened to that first and then was watching all these little segments but Tiss said something about the re-education in that episode. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> And that's in this. And when it came up, I was like really laughing because I was remembering what Tiss was saying in that in that predictions episode. Um, but yeah, I love this episode so much. In that re-education bit, the the smile contraptions oh they've got God. on are so painful. <laughs> I've literally just written Homer's hook smile face. <laughs> like I'm looking at my old notes from when I originally made the notes for that season. I've just written my number one note for Time and Punishment is uh, Lobotomy Mo. Oh, it's like, hello, <laughs> hello. It's horrible. It's so it's horrible. Really horrible. They go into your nose and they let you keep the piece of brain they cut out. Look. Ooh, hello. 
Hello there. Who's that big man there? Who's that? So, um, <laughs> I, as a concept, love the idea of time travel. I, but my second note is just the words time travel and a love heart. Yeah. I, anything time travel, I love it. But I do get very picky about yeah. time travel well, plot holes and well, stuff. Well, this is what I was just about to say to you. So, um, I mean, I grew up being a massive fan of Back to the Future. So that as a time travel oh, film yeah. for me, you know, absolute classic. But then I get... It's a perfect film. Yeah. But then I get really sort of a bit like oh time travel because i feel like time travel is used so often in cinema to just fix something um and you have to do it right and i feel like this episode gets it right for me well it's just nonsense it doesn't it doesn't have a plot hole to fall into so you can just enjoy it one thing that i love about this episode (laughs) is um grandpa he (laughs) so he's i i down i think it's hilarious that grandpa would say about not stepping on something if you travel back in time on his wedding day like i forgot that that's funny remember the advice your father gave you on your wedding day if you travel back in time don't (laughs) step on anything it's just like the delivery of it's hilarious don't panic remember the advice your father gave you on your wedding day if you ever travel back in time step on anything because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine the time travel stuff is actually why it's one of the main reasons i love futurama because they have a lot of time travel episodes but they always get it bang on because they have so many like math and science nerds right in that show they never they put off doing time travel episodes so much because they didn't want to fall into the plot holes and traps so like if we have to do them we have to do it right and they're, they're really good at it. Ben and I was actually talking the other day because we was watching Futurama and the, the subject of time travel came up and we were talking about all the different paradoxes of time travel. And I think mm. that that's why it's sort of such a hit and miss. And I think why really intelligent people avoid using it because it's so hard to get right. And like the common person who's not aware of physics and things like that wouldn't understand some of the concepts so it's hard to get right if, you, if you're going to do it you might as well do it properly um mm. but some of my favorite futurama episodes are actually time travel ones oh me too and like obviously you guys at weird tales have done time travel a lot you've spoken about different aspects of time travel and things like that so time travel is always like a point of interest for me if someone's talking about it i'm like absolutely like if time travel was a thing i would you know i read conspiracy theories about it all the time and i just i absolutely love it i mean i don't i don't actually think it's possible no i I don't either physically i i only think it would be possible to go forward in time i don't yeah see how it would ever be possible to go backwards in time you're going so fast that you can only if you break the speed of light yeah and see how you'd move faster than light yeah how can you then turn around and move backwards through time you'd be going forward one of my favorite stories so stephen hawking is actually like one of my favorite people to ever exist and he is like mm. do you ever do the thing where you do uh, like your fantasy dinner party he's always yeah, like we, we spoke about this oh, on yeah. the um, is, guest voices when you said you yeah, wanted to dinner party he would be there and like <laughs> one of my favorite things about Stephen Hawking is something that I read that apparently I, I don't know when it was I don't really know the details but he basically threw himself a time travel party so that right. if he ever created time travel he would know to travel back to that time and he would meet himself 
at this time travel party and i read that and i just just loved him even more and obviously because he's now passed away and we haven't got time travel it obviously the paradoxes and it never happened and things like that but you know just to just to create a party for yourself just in case in the future you create time travel like it's mental have you um i know you were watching futurama recently i don't know how far you've got i've watched it all i've watched it all Oh, so you've you've seen the one where they invent the forward only time machine? Yeah, I love that. Such a good episode. So good. That's, I think that's the best of the Comedy Central years. I think it's my favorite episode of the Comedy Central years when it changed uh, channel. Is that the one where because he's he's late for his date because he has to go and test the time travel machine and yeah. they go so far in the future yeah. that the Earth restarts again? Yeah, that's one of my favorites, definitely. Because it tackles two um, scientific theories in one. It tackles yeah. time travel and it also tackles the cyclical universe theory. So it's yeah. like, man, these guys are geniuses. These writers are so good. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah. like I know we've touched upon it before as well, but um, Rick and Morty, they it's like a running joke that they won't ever do anything about time travel because it's so right. one it's overdone and two like it's just oh, i don't know that they it's just a joke that they won't ever do a time travel episode right for that reason um and i think the writers are sort i mean of it's scared. So, i feel like if you write a sci-fi show it's so tempting to do that time yeah. travel episode yeah and it was a while like i say it was a while before futurama tackled it themselves um, I don't think it was until Roswell that ends well they even tackled time travel no exactly and that's series three or four four yeah um, so, so they, they waited a long time and then they did a few more but I, I think they always get it right on that show yeah but anyway definitely. on this show Time and Punishment they get it right because <laughs> it starts raining donuts another yeah so <laughs> There's a there's um, a little joke in Time and Punishment that I looked up today because I'd never it kind of just went over my head before but I thought do you know what I'm actually going to look that up today so in the bit where Homer's sort of going through the time warp um, he says I'm the first non-Brazilian to try to travel backwards through time and I just like it just went over my head like I never thought about again it before. when I'm a kid I just think when I don't understand something it's just them saying something random yeah and that's the so joke. I googled it today. And I and I by found... the way, before you tell me the answer, I just presumed that that was just him saying something random. So I'm going to learn something now. Well, so um, so a thing that I found online said the first time Homer travels back in time, he was originally supposed to say, "I'm the first non-fictional character to travel backwards through time." The line oh. the line was later changed from non-fictional to non-Brazilian, and it says Matt Groening was confused as to the reason for the change he was just like why the hell you guys changed this um since he liked the original so much and in fact he still doesn't understand why it was changed so the more i researched it basically it is just nonsensical it is just literally random. Oh, okay. yeah that is that's <laughs> this one of the instances where you dig into it and there is no yeah answer. literally what it's something random yeah okay yeah so Excellent. the line was supposed to I be thought you were gonna tell me there was some famous brazilian time travel <laughs> theory or something no like, so Whoa. see this is the thing so you assume that but it's in this case it literally is just it was actually to be random. Assumed, yeah, yeah to be random it's totally random but um i do like the idea because then obviously peabody and sherman are there and they're like actually you're the second because obviously they oh, did yeah, like a whole yeah. time travel thing and i think that's the joke uh but yeah I, I read that today and i just thought it was it was really cool 
I love that you picked this because it's now the third one on our list with an appearance by James L. Jones. Yeah, that's exactly so. The last, <laughs> the last thing that I wrote was, "This is indeed a disturbing universe." Like, it's brilliant. It's <laughs> so good, so brilliant. I love it. This is indeed a disturbing universe. But yeah, yeah. so this this episode is heavily influenced and sponsored by James L. Jones today, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's yeah. I think a really that's fun, all my a really notes. fun yeah. segment. And obviously, yeah. I said about the re-education is brilliant, and the mm-hmm. mo and like, and like the bit that Marge goes, "It's bliss," always freaked me out <laughs> as a child. Yeah, it's really creepy. It's horrible. <laughs> Join us, Father. It's bliss. No. Her face, it's 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 a bit like it's like the creepy mo, like that whole bit is like unsettling. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because as adults you know what a lobotomy is, but as a child you mm. you don't really get it. Um no. but yeah. So yeah, that's my number two choice. Love it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay. Yeah. My number two is, uh, and I'm going to say this in the English mannerism, okay. not the American. Um, dial Z for zombie. Oh, not Dial Z. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not Dial Z. It's Dial Z. Dial Z. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always, I always loved this segment when I was younger. Was, Treehouse Three is like another one that I really love. Like three and four are like my real faves, um, but. Of three, this is my favourite segment, um, mainly because one of my most, I've said it before, one of my most used Simpsons lines is, uh, my mistake, and it's from this, <laughs> John Smith, 1882. My mistake. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm John Smith. 
John Smith, 1882. My mistake. I, I love this segment. I just love like a good zombie movie. This is, you know, based on zomb- classic zombie movies, Night of the Living Dead and stuff like that. I know zombies are played out now, but I love a classic. A good zombie movie is pretty hard to beat. What other segments are in this one? So it's this one. So this Treehouse 3 is this one, uh, Clown Without Pity. Yeah. Uh, based on the Twilight Zone episode Living Doll. And King Homer, based on oh, yeah. King Kong. Yeah. And then this is Not the Living Dead. So you've got three good, like, classic parodies in yeah. this treehouse. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, good. I don't know. Did The Simpsons ever do zombies again? It felt like they just, like, mm. tackled zombies in this and they, like, got it bang on. They did the one where Bart and Lisa uh, go to the cemetery and try and resurrect the cat. Or is it this one? I swear they do that in this one. Oh, I'm thinking, right, yeah, no, sorry. I'm thinking of um, the nuclear bomb with the mutants. That's the one I'm mm, thinking of. Oh, yeah, that's kind of zombies, but yeah. it's mutants, so give it a slide, yeah. Yeah, uh, so... Omega Man. Yeah, that's that, it. Yeah. yeah, no, this one's good. Yeah, uh, there's not much, I did talk about this. I did talk about this a bit when we talked about the season um, and how much I love this, you know... Um, when uh, I love, sorry, I was just looking at my notes here. These old notes, I can't read my own chicken scratch. <laughs> when um, Barney's like eating that guy's arm, he's like, "I'm not a zombie, but when in Rome." <laughs> <laughs> Barney, not you too. I'm not a zombie, but hey, when in Rome. It's just lots of good classic zombie humor. Like, oh, you killed Flanders. He was a zombie, <laughs> and um, it's just. Again, it's just nostalgia. Like, I loved this episode when I was a kid, and it brings back warm hugs. Like, like I said, my number one would have been Devil and Homer Simpson if you hadn't snaked it. Um, and I feel like Devil and Homer Simpson and Dial Z for Zombie are the two that come to my head instantly when I think of Treehouse of Horror, which is why they had to be my one and two. And so this is my number two just because, yeah, love zombie stuff. Yeah. And I love, like, classic Simpsons tackling zombies. It's I fun. love the, um, just the way that the zombies are drawn, like the animations yeah. and stuff. It's I think it's really, really cleverly done. It's just really fun seeing, like, Homer getting a shotgun and, like, you know, <laughs> kicking the door down. And it's just like, yeah, this is really fun. It's only, it's fairly early on yeah. still in the Simpsons time. It's only season four. So you it's like the first time you're seeing some of this imagery still. It's like a very unique thing to see at that time. Just the Simpsons killing a load of zombies. To the book depository! And like, that's the thing. With sort of like the ghost house and um, mm. like alien abduction, like zombies is just like classic horror. So yeah, of course it's going to... They're still in that era where they're tackling the classics for the first time. Yeah. So then you know, we've got, yeah, we've got big monsters in this episode. We've got zombies we've got you know ticks all the boxes yeah yeah this is a good one but yeah anything else you want to say about zombies no no it's a real simple pick for me it's just literally like i said my number one and two were just like the nostalgia factor yeah these are the two that i think of when i think of treehouse of horror i must admit that this treehouse is actually one that i don't remember watching a great deal as a kid Mm. it's not one that i remember that much the one for me, which is one I I never watched much, is Treehouse Two with the monkey paw. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the monkey paw segment of that I remember really vividly, and then the other two I just never remember. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's this one. I can't even remember what other segments is in that other one. 
It's because Treehouse 2 is really odd. Actually, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end, because I've got some stuff to talk about Treehouse 2. We'll okay. talk about it right at the very end. Okay. So, um, we'll do our number ones first. Okay, so... Um, oh, I think I know what your number one is. I'm going to write it down now. <laughs> yeah, this one is really predictable, because I've spoken about this quite a lot, but my favourite Treehouse segment is Homer Cubed yeah. from Treehouse 6. Yeah. This would have been my number three, by the way. Yeah, so this um, this is obviously the one where he goes into the third dimension... And it's all like yeah. the spacey stuff, and he obviously goes through the black hole and comes out. And we have like we spent a good chunk of another episode talking yeah. about this already, but yeah, yeah, I won't go into too much detail, but because um, as I said, like we've spoken about this a lot, but um, I just love anything spacey and um, sort of the whole animation of him walking through the wall into like the third dimension mm. is just mind-blowing and i know i said it in the other episode but it was so ahead of its time and i remember watching it for the first time as a kid and just being like what the actual like what the hell and just being so super impressed with all the animation and then at the end once he goes through the black hole he comes into like the real world and like just being like blown away it was so exciting to see so exciting I was recording with Beef and Tiss last night and I said to them that we were doing a Treehouse of Horror episode tonight. And um, I said, oh, I said, I think I already know what Edmund's number one's going to be. I told him what my number one was, yeah. uh, what my number would have been, which would have been Devil and Homer Simpson. And I said, uh, I said, I think Emma's is going to be Homer Cubed because she's already told me it's her favourite segment on an earlier episode. Yeah. And they were both saying the same thing of like, they're like, I still think it looks good. Like, it still looks cool. It really does. I mean, I grew up with Who Framed Roger Rabbit was, like, one of my favourite films growing up. Still one of my favourite films. It's, it's so good. And, like, that was, like, obviously the first time that I saw cartoons in the real, in the real world, like, with real actors mm. and, like, the way that that was done. And that this was still quite a while after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But at the same time, this still looks so well done, even though the leaps and bounds that technology has well, come. Especially with like computer animation, like it was really, really rare to see computer animation on TV then. I mean, this is like what? This this has got to be pre-Toy Story. Let me have a look at the yeah. date. Yeah. Well, uh, what yeah, season so since same, six? Yeah, so, this is, this is, so this is tw- 95? Yeah, 95, which is the same so year. So that's when that, Toy Story came out, yeah. Yeah, same year, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Toy Story obviously was a massive deal when it came out. and But to see it on TV is even more of a big deal, in my opinion, because like, obviously yeah. cinema is is where you sort of play about and like all the new things come out and... It's also, these cinema. are pre-established characters. We already know who Homer and Bart is. Exactly, so to see yeah. them suddenly be transformed into computer animation was just incredible. It's mental. But um, I love anything spacey and the idea of other dimensions. Like, I'm a big fan mm. of that. Yeah, and me too. You guys have obviously spoken about other dimensions in Weird Tales, um, which, is a, which is a brilliant episode and one of my favourites. So just anything that sort of tackles different dimensions is just a big plus for me. What I love about this segment is it's really awesome. Like the gimmick of it is so cool. Like seeing Homer's other 3D and they could, that's enough. But aside from that, it's actually just like a really good segment in its own right. Like the stuff that's happening in the Simpsons house and they're all gathering together and get Ned, he's got a ladder and. Oh my God. So you mentioning that 
so Ned actually says one of my favourite Ned lines ever. And right. it's actually something that I say like quite a lot myself. And <laughs> is, as the tree said to the lumberjack, I'm stumped. <laughs> <laughs> that was a classic like Nedism. Just it's like, so funny. Yeah, a real classic Ned sort of line. But I seem to be trapped in here. Mm. We better call Ned. He has a ladder. Well, as the tree said to the lumberjack, I'm stumped. <laughs> It's like he just disappeared into fat air. <laughs> Do you know who I think is like that? Uh, the sort of like MVP of this episode, but not obvious, is Wiggum as well. This has got classic. I was about to say, my favourite things are Wiggum in this. It's literally got so many classic. It's like, um, did anyone see the movie Tron? He's like, no, 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 no. Yep. I mean, no. <laughs> this is one of my favourite Wiggum lines in this episode. This is a... Uh... Well, here is an ordinary square. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down, egghead. <laughs> here is an ordinary square. Whoa, whoa. Slow down, egghead. But suppose we extend the square beyond the two dimensions of our universe along the hypothetical z-axis there. <gasps> this forms a three-dimensional object known as a cube or a frinkahedron in honor of its discoverer. Hey, hey. And also when um, Wiggum's shooting at, at the wall and he's like, take that, you lousy dimension. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of your borax, Poindexter. Man's life is at stake. We need action. Take that, you lousy dimension. He's great. This is real good Wiggum. In this. He's so good. So funny. But um, it's so funny when... Um, when obviously Homer goes through to the goes in the black hole and then obviously he comes out in like our world and he walks past the cake shop and he goes ooh errata cakes like I say that whenever I go for a cake shop mm. all the time <laughs> ooh erotic cakes I love it ooh yeah. erotic cakes but yeah I mean I've I've touched upon all of this um, yeah all the stuff we're saying now we, we've already, already said, said on that episode yeah. but it's just it's a great segment it's really good. But I think just purely for the nostalgia factor and my initial reaction, and even though I've seen this episode a million times and um, I've like, I still have a really like, oh my God, this is still so good. And that's like what, so cool. 20, yeah. 25 years later, like it's absolutely mental. Yeah. And overall, if you sort of add all three segments together, um, this treehouse is actually my favourite treehouse of all time, which is uh, mm. Treehouse 6 is my favourite treehouse. Tree yeah. yeah. So, so what are the other ones in Treehouse 6? Um, oh, because you had this as your number one on when we did Season 7. Yeah, so... Um, oh, Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores, yeah. uh, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace and Homer Cube. Yeah, it's a really good one. Yeah, so um, Attack on 50-Foot Eyesores, which is the... Um, the Just don't look episode. Yeah. yeah would actually have made my list if we could have had mm -hmm. both of the segments. So it would have been, that would have been up there as well because I really enjoyed that segment. I mean, yeah. the the um, the Nightmare and Evergreen Terrace, like that one is, you know, it's all right, but these two are like top for me. Like they're really high up. Both of them are really high up. What do you think of Nightmare on Elm Street films? <sighs> I mean... Or have you seen any? Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen the first couple um my sister was actually a massive nightmare on elm street fan when i was growing up it's really weird like i don't right. know i don't know why but she used to love it but i 
quite like the first one. I mean, I'm not a massive horror genre fan in general. I'll, right. I'll, I'll watch them, but it's not... I never sort of willingly pick to watch a horror film. It's just, you know. But um, I like the concept of them. But I love, um, I love kind of cerebral horror, yeah. just random slasher flicks and stuff. Really, I couldn't be more less, couldn't be less interested in. But a few years ago, so it was probably about four years ago now. I thought, okay, all the classic horror yeah. franchises, I've never had any interest in. Yeah. I've never actually watched any of them, so I'm going to do it. So for a week, I watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street, the first Halloween, the first Friday the Thirteenth, all the classics, yeah. and um. Nightmare on Elm Street, I've got to say, my least favourite. I really didn't care for it. I yeah. didn't get it. I, yeah. People were like, oh, it's funny. I was like, I didn't find it funny. I didn't no. find it scary. So I don't know what I'm supposed to think of it. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're going to compare it to other films, like I, I've I've seen it. I pre, like, I appreciate it. It was all right. But I'm not a of fan. Of those I preferred. I liked Halloween of the th- of the ones I yeah. watched. That was the one I, I quite liked. Yeah. Of my, my classic horror week. <laughs> not enough to watch any of the other ones in the series, but... So yeah, um, anyway, we're not even talking about Nightmare on Elm Terrace. We were talking about Home Cute. But yeah, <laughs> you you know what I mean though. That um, so this so Home Cubed and Fifty Foot Eyesores are my two favourites of this segment, and th- yeah. the Nightmare one I can give or take to be fair. But overall, yeah. um, Treehouse Six is my favourite, definitely out of all of the Treehouses. So to move on to my favourite. Um, which is Treehouse 4. And actually, my favourite segment is The Devil on Homer Simpson, but I'll pick my second favourite, which is Bart Simpson's Dracula. I knew this would be um, your number. I knew this would yeah. be there. I'm sort of known as a bit of a Drac head. I like vampires and Dracula. I've seen so many variants of the Dracula story now. <laughs> um, when we went to Transylvania, um, again, this is the most weird tales has ever come up on an episode based yeah. because we're talking about loads of weird and creepy things. But um, after after about the first year and a bit of doing Weird Tales and the Unexplainable, me and Beef and Tiss went, ah, let's just have a holiday together. So, and we'll call it like a business trip. Or <laughs> so we went to Transylvania. And in my preparation for that, I read you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula and... Um, I read um, what's the famous Stephen King uh, Salem's Lot, and I watched all the basically every Classic. rendition of Dracula I could yeah. get my hands on. And now I find I'm so familiar and knowledgeable <laughs> about the Dracula story. But this is really the one that was my first exposure to the Dracula to Dracula, and it's Bart Simpson's Dracula. Yeah. And, um, it's a really just great fun. Again, it's early enough in The Simpsons that they're tackling these creatures for the first time. So this is the first time they did vampires. So they've done zombies, they've done ghosts, they've done this and that, and this is their tackling of vampires, and it's just really fun. Uh, Mr. Burns is like the perfect track. <laughs> His hair in this always makes me laugh. Yeah, super fun happy sliders from this. <gasps> super fun happy slide! No, Dad! Oh, I guess killing will be fun enough. This is, I think, that the Dracula is definitely um, the the segment overall out of all the different Halloween segments is the one that I have the most nostalgia for. Like, I remember this one 
and watching this mm-hmm. one as a kid more than any of the others, definitely. I remember finding it quite grisly when they do stake Mr. Burns and he sort of withers and melts. <laughs> Again, I found that kind of... I was a real wuss as a kid, I have to say, and I found that kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I wasn't like running out of the room, but I did find it kind of queasy looking. And uh, I love how bizarre the ending turns out to be. I love that Marge is the head vampire. Awesome. <laughs> I'm a vampire, and I've come to suck your blood! This cape is giving me a rash. Grandpa's a vampire? We're all vampires. But no, we killed Mr. Burns! You have to kill the head vampire. You're the head vampire? No, I'm the head vampire. (laughs) Mom? Well, I do have a life outside this house, you know. And then they will just start doing like a uh, Christmas song. It's, it's weird. It's, the, it's, it's so the, weird. It's the noise they make that's weird. They're like. Well, it's um, it's based on peanuts. Yeah. The Charlie Brown yeah. Christmas thing. So it's that they're, they're mimicking that weird noise. But yeah, this is just a real, again, it's a real classic segment from my youth that brings back a lot of warm fuzzies. Um, Beer kills brain cells. (laughs) Now let's go back to that building thingy where our beds and TV is. Oh, Lisa, you and your story. Barty's a vampire. Beer kills brain cells. Now let's go back to that building thingy where our beds and TV is. (laughs) <laughs> it's a really good reading it's so good and I I, I like the way that Lisa says um, uh, when she's talking about do you not like are you not getting it are you not getting it it's like Nasferatu does one pew like the way she says that like I always really loved that reading like when they're trying to explain yeah, that it's I like, like how knowledgeable she is about the different names for Dracula a vampire <laughs> yeah yeah. I love that. Nosferatu. Uh Werner Herzog's Nosferatu is my favourite. Uh, it's scary. Rendition Even now it's scary. Mm. So how 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 many well, have you seen many Dracula? So I've renditions? seen um I've seen that one because I yeah. actually so I had so it's kind of a little bit um similar to the whole Edgar Allan Poe phase that I went through i kind of went through Mm -hmm. like a whole bram stoker phase as well um Uh and i think it might have been like an anniversary like last year or the year before or something and there was a program that i watched about like the character of dracula and like where the ideas came from and yeah and um it was just just about like the story Mm. and stuff and uh, so I watched that documentary, which was really interesting, and I love Christopher Lee's rendition of it as well. Oh yeah, that's classic. Um, yeah. So I'm probably more knowledgeable than an average person, but kind of like mediocre in comparison to you, I'd say. <laughs> I'm not an expert or anything. I've just consumed so much drag. Well, stuff this is by what now. I was just about to say. So um, obviously, I've listened to like you guys when you went to Transylvania and I learned a mm. lot through that 
about like the history. We went to we went to the castle. We went to Bran Castle. Exactly. I mean, what a cool trip. We went in an escape room, which was like escape from Drax <laughs> weekend cottage or something. It's so cool. It was like Drax on his way back. You've realised who he is and you've got to escape. It was really awesome. I've also seen, um, oh, I can't think of the really big like vampire film that came out a couple of years ago. Oh, it's really famous, but I can't, it's just like. Was it a Dracula one? Yeah, it's like a vampire film, like a Dracula vampire film, not like Twilight. Ooh. I'd say it came out probably like 15 years ago. Oh, 15 years ago. Yeah, sorry. Like when, I thought you meant really was, recently. No, when oh. I was like a teenager. Well, it's not, it's not, um, is it Bram Stoker's Dracula? The, um, no, um, the Francis Ford Coppola one? No, it's, it's, um, like young ish, good looking people. Oh, um, The Lost Boys. No, I can't think of it oh, anyway. It. I really thought I'd fit, hit the nail on the head there. It will come to me. Um, it wasn't what we do in the shadows, was it? No. It's really famous, like really famous. Like I'm just going to quickly Google it because it will just come straight up, I bet you. You're going to search just like famous vampire movies? I bet. Twilight? I've literally never seen any of the Twilight, so don't even talk to me about no, Twilight. No, me <laughs> Movie. Let's have a look. It'll come so the only, it's the only vampire thing I haven't consumed. Oh, same. I actually really loved when one of my final episodes of my other podcast, Five Minute Folklore, I did um, Dracula and Vampires. And that was really fun to do my own rendition of the Dracula story. So listeners, if you're interested in me doing a retelling of the opening chapters of Bram Stoker's Dracula, go check out the... Uh, I can't remember, Vampires of Europe, I think it's called, episode of Five Minute Folklore. I don't know if, I'm, I don't know if it's Van Helsing I'm thinking of. I don't know. Could it be Van Helsing? I mean, you said it was really famous. Well, that it was. I think Van Helsing was a bit of a flop, but it was a big. It's a known film, but I don't think it was that successful. I didn't mean it was successful. I meant like not. I I think it might be Van Helsing. That I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I've like sort of. I do, I am quite knowledgeable, but I'm not like really knowledgeable. So yeah. Have you ever, have you ever read the book? No. So the book is interesting. It's the opening chapters are so, so good. Like incredible, really tense. And then it gets really boring for like the whole middle section. And then it's like all right at the end again. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of books that were written at that time are very similar to that. There's a lot of mm. books that I read. So I, I quite like old older books. There's a good audio book version of it actually, yeah. which I enjoyed. Because the the opening chapters are all from the diaries yeah. of the guy who's trapped in his castle, so it's the tension of like he's he knows he's in trouble and he's filling in the diary every day. He's like, I'm not allowed to leave. Yeah, I know. Like, it's him working out what situation he's in. It's so tense because you're reading his diary entries. Yeah, uh, really good. Played by Keanu Reeves in the uh, in that in the big movie adaptation. That's cool. But yeah, anyway. Anyway, yeah, Bart Simpson's Dracula, a big, big uh, Dracula tangent. Yeah, it's just a real classic for me. Like I say, my favourite from this one, my favourite Treehouse, Treehouse 4, my favourite is The Devil and Homer Simpson, which we've already spoken about, but Bart Simpson's Dracula, a real close second. I love it. And it's going to be my number one for now. Do you know what I really love about this whole like Treehouse segment is like where Bart's walking through the gallery and they talk about all the different paintings. Mm. Like I love, I really love how they did that in the yeah. early ones where you had the different like um, opening type. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, a lot of um, the sort of 
theme that they played on quite a lot at the beginning was like Marge walking through the curtains and she's like, oh, this is too scary for your kids, like blah, blah, blah. That's that, well, was, that was after the first one got complaints, I think. That was done quite a lot. And then obviously then you've got like a couple of the random ones. So like this one where Bart's walking through the gallery with all the different pictures, which is brilliant. Like I absolutely love that. And three, you've got, um, is, that, is that the Halloween party? Yeah, and then they're um, holding the Halloween so party. The, yeah, and then the first one is obviously Bart and Lisa in their in their treehouse talking about different. And then stories. the second yeah. one is them all having nightmares. You're you're seeing their nightmares is Treehouse Two. Yeah, but I'll say now what I was going to say about Treehouse Two. Actually, I find it a real like odd duck amongst them because these different segments in that don't have titles, and that's why I never remember them. Yeah, what ones two again? So two is the one with the well. It's hard to say because I can't just say the names of the things because they haven't got titles. It's they're called Bart's Nightmare, Lisa's Nightmare, and Homer's Nightmare, which doesn't give me anything. Oh, and what it is is, so Bart is Lisa's the... Nightmare is the is the monkey's paw. Yeah, Bart is the one where he's like a special boy. Yeah, and he everyone has to do what he says. And then Homer's one is where he becomes like a robot Frankenstein. Yeah. So I actually really like the monkey paw one. I think that's pretty good. But the other two... Monkey paw's the best of the three. And I think the other two I can really take or leave. In fact, the robot Frankenstein might be my least favourite yeah. segment. Yeah, I don't like that one either. The one I like about the Bart nightmare is Homer as the jack-in-the-box, just going like this. Yeah, the imagery is great. Yeah. But that's it. Like I can't really remember much about it, just about kind of like Bart, kind of like staring at people and yeah can't really remember too much about it but yeah so let's do our plus ones um for the plus ones i we haven't discussed it but are you allowing to pick one from one that we've already had no so my well you can if you want i don't mind but my one i've got one either way just in case so my one more isn't a pick of the one any season that we've discussed. Um, so my one okay. more is Citizen Kang. Okay, this is the other one I thought was going to be on your top four. Yeah. So you have it, it is in your list. Yeah, so it's Treehouse Horror 7 and it's season mm-hmm. 8. I love this one. Yeah. And when I... <laughs> I put down so many quotes on this one. This is so funny. And like, I actually... Picked it's it. It's got to be the most political um, treehouse. <laughs> well, I picked it and I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. And then I watched it. I was like, no, this is definitely going to be on there because I loved it more after I picked it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's definitely one that I like more as I get older. And the thing is, it's an example of it being a later season, but still being pretty good. Right. Um. But yeah, it's classic alien abduction. You know, like how obsessed I am with like X-Files and stuff. So I love anything alien abduction. Mm-hmm. My first line that I've quoted is, we have reached the limits of what anal probing can teach us. <laughs> I laughed at <laughs> that phrase. It's really silly, but I laughed for quite a while. And I also love the, I love the, um, the delivery of Clinton as well, the way he emphasis on the ton bit as well, which makes me laugh. I always think of the, uh, well, I voted for Kodos. Yeah, so, yeah. It's like the... Uh, Don't blame me. <laughs> like the classic get out when it comes to political, like, sides. I don't understand why we have to build a ray gun to aim at a planet I never even heard of. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Well, every time that it was, like, um, something... So, like, Brexit, and then, obviously, like, the Scottish independence, um, and, like, 
votes not going the way that the majority mm-hmm. want them, essentially. I can't think of anything like that in recent history, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously, like, it was used a lot when Trump got elected, but, like, I saw so many people, like, memeing, like, don't blame me, I voted for Kodos. Like, yeah. hilarious. But um, when we were recording before we actually started recording properly when we were testing out our equipment and I was saying to you as a young boy I dreamed of being a baseball we must move forward not backwards upwards not forwards and always twirling 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 twirling. to freedom and it's just like the vision of like Clinton like (laughs) Clinton Clinton my fellow Americans As a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball. But tonight I say we must move forward, not backward, upward, not forward, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. Yeah, I see that that speech I see uh, a lot on Twitter. It's so funny. Like captioned, yeah. I like the other thing I think of from this episode is like if I can't think of someone's name, I think of Homer when he's like, you know, Mumbly Joe. <laughs> yeah. If I can't think of someone's name, I, my brain goes to Mumbly Joe. Take us to your leader. Well, I guess you mean President Clinton. He usually hangs around Washington, D.C. President Clinton. Excellent. Except, um,. There's this election next week, so after that, it might not be him anymore. It might be, what's his name? Uh, Mumbly Joe. Uh, I saw him on TV the other... Uh, Bob Dole! It just makes me laugh, because um, the Simpsons do it quite a lot in the like the Clinton era of like just how they portray him. And then in this bit, and there's obviously the way he's kind of like... Um, is it morning yet? Like, just as a bit of a bumbling idiot. And then in the mm-hmm. episode, like, Homer to the Max, where he's like, hey, I did it with pigs. No fooling pigs. Like, just the way he's portrayed. That line still, like, shocks me. <laughs> I love I it. I always think, am I missing something? Is it just that crude? Or does it mean something else? It's like, no, it's just that crude. Like, Literally. what a line. It's outrageous. <laughs> but it makes me laugh because, like, the rumours that went round about 10 years ago about um, David Cameron pig. Oh, don't get me started on that. Disgusting. I got uh, <laughs> in trouble on Twitter for that. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. I think I tweeted at David Cameron and something like, <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is... is I'll, I'll, I'll cut that, don't worry. <laughs> and then there's the like the Black Mirror episode, isn't there, that's kind of like par- Yeah, which is just completely... But I don't. I think that was that was written way before that came out. That's it's just so a, um, weird, like coincidence. So weird, yeah, yeah. so weird. Because those early Black Mirrors, he wrote them years ago, and then he finally got to make them, and he was like, just coincidence that that actually came out. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to talk about that episode <laughs> when we record next time. <laughs> well, that's next time, but this time, yeah. So Citizen Kang, I thought it would come up on your list, and I yeah. was right. That's Slick Willy always with the smooth talk. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good lines in that in that little segment. So good. It's a real classic, and it's one that I see come up more and more. Like it's one that gets referenced more and more. I think. Yeah. Um, as the world becomes, as politics become more and more ludicrous in the world, that episode gets referred to more and more. Yeah. 
Uh, so so we're saying no doubling up even on the plus one, so I'll get rid of that. And I I'm mean, you go can if one. you want. I'm not going to be no, precious no, no. with it. You didn't do it. I, went, I did it either way, just in case. Um, so I'll do it the opposite for the opposite reason. So what else, my plus one was going to be Bad Dream House. Yeah. Because it's the other one from number one. It's absolute classic. And I love it. And it's the first ever one. And it's like Treehouse, the whole tradition side of an absolute bang. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick Treehouse of Horror 9, um, which is all the way in season 10, which is as far as we go. Um, And I, any from that, I'll pick Terror of Tiny Toon, right? Mm. Purely because the point I want to make is, like we said earlier, even into the eras where we're like the episodes come and hit and miss, you still can rely on most of the time Treehouse of Horror to have fun, unique segments. Yeah that are going to have nice animation, fun, kooky ideas. And like, this is the latest we can go up to. Yeah. Um, and it also has like terror of tiny Toon has some like fun, um, playing around. Like when, uh, Bart and Lisa like fall into the cooking show and stuff. I always <laughs> think that's so cool. It's so clever. It's so good. That was close. Uh, Bart, not now, Lisa. I'm trying to relax. I'm telling you, this cilantro really gives it a zing. Reach, there's no cilantro in it. What? Oh, God! And I love this soup is out of control. Uh, my, my eyes, my beautiful eyes. Oh, that's it. I'm going oh. home. Dom DeLuise can interview himself. I love that they had to actually film film that for The Simpsons as well. You talked about Roger Rabbit earlier. There you get some Roger yeah. Rabbit antics in The Simpsons. Um, you get the return of Poochie in that as well. But yeah, I mean, like, right up until as far as we're going on these they're still solid like the three segments from Treehouse Nine are still all enjoyable but like one of one of the older segments I was actually going to put on my list was um, the Hell to Pay one with um, Snake's yeah. hair well that's in this one yeah, yeah yeah and like I also really like the one where um, they run Ned over and then he becomes a werewolf that's later yeah, isn't it I, I quite like and that's a really good I segment I quite like that one as well and that's really late I still know what you diddly did yeah and then there's a couple like I would say like literally just like the one off segment that I quite like is um, they're like way way like past where we are even going to go is like um, when Piz Brosnan's the house and he like yeah yeah that's another good one he like fancies Marge like I quite like that segment and then there's like one uh, with like the gypsy and she like hexes Marge and oh, I can't remember how that one goes, but I remember quite liking that, that one. one. Yeah, I mean, even when I've watched Beyond Where We Go To, when I've caught like a treehouse, most of the time I'm like, this is still really fun. Yeah. And um, I know someone who last Halloween, they just said they were only really familiar with the first sort of 13 seasons. And they said, oh, last last Halloween, he said, I'm just going to, he said this, um, 30 seasons of Simpsons now and there's 30 days in October so I'm just going to watch one every single oh, day. Oh, I love that, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's an awesome idea. That's really cool. I said, cool. let me know how they are because like this way beyond, I, I wouldn't have seen half of them. And he was like, you know what? He's like, some of the later ones aren't as good, that's true. But he's like, there's some really cool ones and some really out there ideas that they tackle and he's like, there's still cool stuff that comes up in those treehouse, even to the seasons which people don't think are as strong. I think what I noticed going through just the the 10 seasons that we've sort of 
covered with tree mm. houses is the later that you go, the more um, parodies it is. Yeah, that's the that's the only thing I was going to say. They're kind of more specific parodies, and the only the criticism I have for some of the later tree houses is. Um, See, my pick was all about how they stay good. Now I'm about to go back on it. But uh, um, they sometimes just pick things to parody that aren't even like a horror thing. Like Harry Potter. Like, I can't... Yeah. I'm quite a big Harry Potter fan, actually, like, in the grand scheme of things. and But that Simpsons Harry Potter... I hate it. ...missed me with that. I do not like that segment. No, same. And that's not even that far on. That's only, like, season 12. But the thing is, like, a little, like, Simpsons fact, which I thought was pretty cool, is... So when they parody The Simpsons... Um, they have um, what's the guy that's in Twilight Robert Patterson playing the voice of Harry Potter and then when they parody Twilight Dan Radcliffe does the voice of whatever character he plays in Twilight Rob Patterson plays in Twilight. So they, is he the vampire or the So they werewolf? like, I don't know, I've not seen Twilight, but they like... Becca's watched it. In in The Simpsons, they like switch around. It's really funny. Becca? In Twilight, is Robert Patterson a, a vampire or a werewolf? <laughs> vampire yeah so dan radcliffe voices the parody of the vampire and in the treehouse segment rob patterson plays harry potter basically i feel like twilight is such a famous franchise i should at least know what that character's called but i don't ed is it like eddie eddie or something oh ed <laughs> between us we got it. i'm pretty sure we're right yeah edward becca is he called edward yeah. What's what's the other guy's character called? Becca. What's the other guy's character called? Yeah. You said it with a question mark. You're on the scene. Is he a werewolf as well? Jacob. Jacob is a werewolf. Yeah. 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 She said, "What the werewolf guy?" <laughs> the funny thing is, like, <laughs> she's she's really ill as well. I'm like, oh bless she's her. She's like laying on the sofa under a blanket, and I'm waking her up and disturbing her to say about, Edward about Twilight. <laughs> yeah, I think she's just laying there playing on the PlayStation, like half dying. <laughs> oh bless her. Uh, yeah, so there we go. That's our um, four more wars. Let's recap our list and then uh, yeah. talk about anything that we might have missed. So yeah, go cool. for it. So my number four episode is. Let me just go back. Uh, Hungry Are the Damned, which is from Treehouse number one, like the original. Uh, mm-hmm. My number three is The Devil and Homer Simpson, which is from Treehouse four. My number two is Time and Punishment, which is from Treehouse five. And my number one choice is Homer Cubed, which is from Treehouse of Horror six. And then my one more is Citizen Kang, and that's from Treehouse seven. Cool. Uh, So my number four is The Raven from Treehouse 1. My number three is Nightmare Cafeteria from Treehouse 5. My number two is Dial Z for Zombie from Treehouse 3. (laughs) Z. Uh, My number one is Bart Simpson's Dracula from Treehouse 4. And then my plus one is uh, The Terror of Tiny Toon from Treehouse 9. Also, the other thing I want to say about that is it's really cool to see Itchy and Scratchy in interacting with Bart and Lisa. Yeah. Like, it's almost like when you said Troy turns up and he interacts with the family when Troy, when he marries Selma. It's like these major characters that are like, you can't have them interact because they're fictional. But in a treehouse, you can. So it's a fun 
they've had this in their pocket and like, oh, actually, we've never done anything with Itchy and Scratchy for Treehouse. Yeah. Let's bring them out. So it's a fun idea. Uh, so yeah, is there any other segments you want to talk about? The kind of the ones I want to talk about was Treehouse Two, just because of how weird they are. But I did that already. Yeah. So what would have been on my list if we could have done like the double episodes was Attack of the Fifty Foot Eyesores, the um, mm-hmm. Just Don't Look one, um, the Shinning, which we've said would have been on my list, the Raven, which I'm glad you picked because we got to talk about the Raven, and Bad Dream House. Um, for the same mm. reason so like as I said like one the first tree house is like perfect because I adore all three segments yeah. um, and then the monkey paw one but I think with the monkey paw one it was I agree like I don't really like Treehouse 2 because it's a bit weird like I agree with you but I do quite two like 2 is my least favourite but I like the monkey paw yeah section, I'm the yeah. same like I, I think that's pretty I think it's pretty cool but yeah, so we we basically covered all the ones I wanted to talk about anyway. Yeah, I mean, without um, sort of adhering to our rules, my top four would have been like Devil and Homer Simpson, Dar Z for Zombie, Homer Cubed, and the other one I really love is Clown Without Pity. Yeah, which is the Killer Krusty Dar one. Uh, that probably would have been my number four. Between that and Bart Simpson's Dracula was my number four. So yeah. But um, I also, like I said, I was going to mention about Bart walking through like the beginning part of, of the paintings and talking about that. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. love that. Um, the framing devices they sort of dropped, yeah. Yeah. They're dogs and they're playing poker. They're playing poker. <laughs> I think about every time I see that picture in real life. I love it. I think about Homer's reaction to it. Yeah. Because that picture used to hang in the common area of my grandparents. My grandparents used to own a flat in Weymouth. No way. Um, And the common area hallways, because they were on the top floor, their flat, the common area hallways had that dog picture in. That's crazy. Weirdly. I don't know who owned that picture because it was the common area, but it was hanging in the common area, walking up those long, really old flat, like kind of windy, creepy stairway. Yeah. And it had that picture and I always thought of Homer when I went there. Yeah, that's so dogs, good. Dogs and they're playing poker. But um, yeah, so I, I think that's it. I think I mentioned everything about Treehouse that I wanted to mention. Yeah, me too. I kind of thought this episode would be like shy of an hour, but we're just over, about an hour and a half now yeah. without clips. So this is gonna, this is fairly meaty for a side episode. Yeah, so it's good. I, I mean, to be fair, I felt like I had a lot to talk about in this episode anyway. Yeah, lots of it's easy to get on tangents to this because you just start talking about classic horror films yeah. and the things these things are based on and zombies and vampires and blah, blah, blah. And I could go on and on and on about King Kong and stuff. We didn't even cover those. Yeah. So. There's all sorts. There's a lot of parodies. And I think that because we've already yeah. done a parodies episode, um, a lot of them probably like the King Kong stuff would have probably... We talked about the shinning in that yeah. as well because it was one of your choices on that episode. Yeah. But this was one of the first ideas we had for like a spin-off episode, so it's good, and we held it back sort of till the pod was well established. Yeah, I'm really happy. So it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So uh, there we go. Next time we're going to be doing season ten. We're so near the end. Oh, now. this is sad, man. I know. Yeah. Should we say what's after season ten? Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so after season ten, this is a bit of an odd duck. Uh, we're doing our four and one more Futurama episodes because it was the spin-off to this. It was Matt Groening's uh, sci-fi baby. And um, a lot of the writers at this time went over. So a lot of people blame some of the decline 
because the writing room was getting thinned out and uh, we thought it's only fair that we do a, a special Future Armor episode at the right time frame to uh, talk about some of that. And uh, Future Armor is one of my favourite shows of all time, so I'm going to have fun talking about that show for an episode. Yeah. And we might have a special guest with us on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like trying to schedule them. I know they're they're quite busy at the moment. They've been moving house and stuff, but yeah, they're 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 still keen. But I don't want to announce it because they are very keen but very busy at the moment. So <laughs> I'm trying to schedule them in. So yeah, season ten, then future armor. Yeah, I'm excited. It's a lot to look forward to. So if you want to get in contact, tell us about uh, which uh, Treehouse of Horror segments and stuff you like uh, or don't. Uh, then you can do so. It's four and one more pod at gmail.com or you can go to four and one more.com. You can contact us through those places. Uh, you can also contact us on social media. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, um, there's at Bob Shoyers at B O B S H O Y. Emma, you're also on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. I'm on Twitter at Emma Rowena, which is E M M A R O E N A. And Emma also runs the Instagram page, which is good fun. Where can they find that? Is it on Instagram? Yeah, on, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you can find us on Instagram. Um, the easiest way to explain it is if you just put four on one more on Instagram and we will come up. You'll see the little Simpsons hands. Yeah, the little up. hands. <laughs> but um, I mean, I've been a bit slow in the last like week or so, but um, I'm trying to pick it up again. Um, I keep seeing all these like really mm. good quotes and stuff that make me laugh that... I've quoted, so yeah. <laughs> You've got lots of good pictures to put up for this yeah, post, yeah, this episode be, when it goes up. Yeah, there'll be loads. So many good there'll images so from many. these episodes. I'll be sure to use like the hook faced Homer, like, yeah. Yes, please. And the uh, Inside Out Simpsons, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And can you put Burns or Withered with the stake oh, for his heart, please? Yeah, I'm requesting burns. that. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll make, uh, it, I'll make so a note many, of that. With there's the so many good images through these. Uh, Bart, little Raven Bart, you know, a lot of good imagery from this episode. Yeah. Um, so that's that. You can uh, go to my website, my personal website. That's uh, bobshoy.com, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. This podcast is part of the Bob Shoy Podcast Network, as well as other ones I work on. So if you like this, and if you like the Weird Tales and the episode... Weird Tales and the episode. <laughs> Weird Tales and the Unexplainable episode that you heard on this feed last week. You might enjoy other episodes from that podcast. We talk about time travel and vampires and parallel universes and loads of stuff we talked about on this episode. So if you like this, that might be of interest. As as uh, I did an episode of 5-Minute Folklore all about vampires as well. I did two episodes about vampires on there. So you might enjoy some of my other podcasts. So go to bobshoy.com. You can see those. And if you do, you might want to support my time researching and editing and hosting and working on all these shows at patreon.com slash bobshoy so I think I think we're all done so until next time part of my galoshes love you lots bye just keep twirling <laughs> twirling twirling <laughs> cool done yeah I knew it would be fun
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.